hurt people hurt people, right? I really truly believe that goes for any direction that goes for anything. Like, for example, free people, free people, kind people, you know, like it's just, it's a snowball, whatever you are and whatever you're becoming, you're attracting that into your life. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. All right, friends, welcome back to Gather and Growth. Today, I have the absolute joy and pleasure of being joined by my friend Lou, who I feel like we've been connected online for at least three years. I don't know, forever. She is someone who has become such a good friend who is just a wealth of knowledge and passion and inspiration. And I have loved watching her journey grow and change so much that I cannot wait for you to hear her story, a little bit more about who she is and all of the light she brings to the world. So welcome, Lou. Thanks, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. We've been connected online for a while. Like I remember following along with you, like I swear, three years ago. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's, that's cool. What's she doing over there? Are <laughs> <laughs> here in Illinois. Meanwhile, while you're in your corner of the woods, but I'll let you talk about that, Lou. If someone's getting to know you for the first time, tell us who you are, where you are, what you do, and what got you to today. Which is a loaded question, I know. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, let me know if you, there's something I missed because that's a lot <laughs> for me. Um, but I'll, hey, I'll do the best I can. So my name's Lou Bluth. Um, I was raised in East Texas. I come from a family of 10. So a big family out there in East Texas in the greenery, humid jungle of East Texas, kind of close to Houston. I went to college in Utah and met this red bearded guy there. Come to find out he's actually from Mexico. I didn't, I mean, I would have never guessed. Like if you were to see him, you would never assume that he's born and raised in Mexico. So we ended up dating. Um, I came, he brought me down to Mexico to meet his family and see his farm. Um, I guess his family comes from a generational, actually LDS or Mormon community down here in Chihuahua, Mexico. There's a group of immigrants that came to Mexico back in the 18, late 1800s that immigrated here and uh, Mormon immigrants. And they started a bunch of different colonies in the area. This is the last one that's left surviving. And he happens to be from that from that colony, and his family has generational land and farming here. So after college graduation, we got married, and he we moved right to the farm in the middle of nowhere, northern Mexico. Okay, Chihuahua is like when you think about Mexico, Chihuahua is like the Texas of the United States in comparison to Mexico. So like if you talk to someone in Mexico and you're like, oh, I know a girl from Chihuahua, they're gonna think what you guys think about Texas: <laughs> cowboys, big hats, boots. It's the biggest state as well in Mexico. So there's that kind of, it kind of has that cliche vibe to it. So it is a lot of agriculture, a lot of ag, a lot of ranching, just kind of imagine Texas, but in the desert. So we live here with our two boys. My husband's a big onion grower. We grow a lot of onions. That's our cash crop, but also a lot of peppers. Peppers are really popular here in the desert area too. So chili peppers, jalapeno, we're, we're getting into jalapeno this year. So 
That's going to be fun. That's new for us. Cayenne peppers. And in Mexico, they don't call them peppers. They call them chile. Like everything is chile, Mm. a different type of chile, but there's like a variety Mm. of chile. So we grow chili and onions and uh, just a lot of rotational crops too, cotton corn and all that. My husband and I started sharing our story on Instagram during COVID, like religiously, like maybe a little bit more. I feel like a lot of people kind of did that during that time. Mm-hmm. Kind of a really awesome way to connect. I know you, you Emily, kind of started around the same time, didn't you? Yeah. I was like June 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So we really got into it. My husband's videos just started taking off like crazy. And I started building a community for myself on that platform as well. And we now have a brand kind of based around my husband's character online, his online character, his online persona, which is like El Vikingo. We kind of took that and made a brand with it. And it's doing amazing. I now run a shop in our town uh, and a whole crew and team just continuing to grow our brand and um, expanding it in ways that I never thought was possible. We are also just my husband and I, but both are on a major like discovery journey for ourselves Mm -hmm. um, growing up in a really kind of orthodox backgrounds, but finding freedom in life has been huge for us. And maybe we'll go into that a little bit sooner, but that's kind of what has led us to where we're at today. And yeah, so just momming it up and uh, growing a brand and um, doing podcasts with cool people like Emily, you know, what a life. (laughs) No big deal. Okay. I feel like there's a million different pieces of your story that I would love to dive into. But I know one thing we have in common is that we were both teachers. And I yeah. I think we've kind of talked about this of like, oh, like this is, look at us in this picture perfect life, the farmer and the teacher, and this is going to be so, so great. So I would love if you could reflect back on, you know, when you imagine your college self, meeting this guy, moving to the farm, all of that, and just kind of what your expectations for what family or marriage or career or success was going to look like compared to the evolution that you've been on and where you've gotten to now? Oh my gosh. So like I said, I I grew up with a very orthodox background. My dad's also military, so very black and white thinking. So when you're going on to college, all the ideas you have in your head are based on either what you learned at home, school. There's not much individual thoughts that were really in my brain at that time, a lot of my thoughts were, you know, kind of, you're kind of domesticated and programmed at that point in life. And I remember going to college and you're, but, but you have this, you have this map, right? You have this map, the map your parents gave you, the map your in mm-hmm. your church gave you, the map society in your little town handed you before you left home. And um, it's not a real map, but it's, I felt like I had this plan, like this map, and I knew where I was going to go. And then I knew I was going to have some kids and I was, well, I was going to get married first, first, of course, (laughs) (laughs) married first, then the kids, you know, there was just this whole life planned out for me because I had seen my grandparents do it and I'd seen my parents do it and I'd seen other families in the community do it. And it was just this beautiful life that was, you know, just laid out and I was just going to follow the little map and go along with my life. I also grew up in a very patriarchal religion and home. And so women were, I was not raised to think that women were allowed to do much. I know that might sound very old school to you guys. um, But that's honestly how I was raised. I was raised to, to say when someone asked me what I wanted to do for a living, I was supposed to say, I want to be a mom. And that was supposed to be my answer, because that's what God 
quote unquote, wanted me to do. And I was raised to believe that. And so I was kind of really limited in my my mindset and capacity entering college. I was kind of told actually, well, there's two options. You can either be a teacher or a nurse because those are good mom jobs. Mm-hmm. Just in case your husband dies or something happens to him, you could jump into one of those careers easily. I remember feeling like those were my two options. Mm-hmm. And I, how sad, like, I, how bizarre to think what limitations were put on me at such a young age. So I went to college and I took the teacher route because I didn't like blood and guts. So I didn't want to <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be around kids. And I grew up in a family of 10. So kids were my, I mean, I was always around kids. I was the second oldest of 10. So I felt like I could be good at that. So I did that route and thought I was just going to live the same life I'd seen live before me. Mm-hmm. You know, I went for it and was living it, to be honest. Had my, yeah. got married, moved to the farm, had my kids, was was um, entering into teaching after my second kid was born because, well, my kids were born now. So let's move on to a career and yeah. Be this little schoolhouse teacher. I remember you were talking about that. We had a conversation about this too, Emily. But yeah, just the whole picture perfect image, right? Mm-hmm. Do this, do that, do this, and then you'll be happy. Live happily ever after. Exactly. And then we yeah. wake up at one point and are like, wait, I did all of the things. Why do I feel actually miserable? So what was that? I, I I don't know that you can fully define it to a moment, but that transition between, wait a second, like I did all of these things that I was told was going to make me happy. I've done all the things I've seen done before and something doesn't feel right. Like where did that shift start to happen? Honestly, it was just slowly building up, I think with time. And you start realizing like, is this, is this it? Like this is, this is life. Like this is adulthood. This is this is as fulfilled as I'm going to be. And, and you look around and honestly, everyone around you is quote unquote, looking fulfilled. I mean, or at least they seem to be in the, in, in, they put on their mask and they, you know, they play the role. And so I was kind of like, well, am I the only one? And I don't know why we, why I felt that way, but I did feel like, am I the only one that's questioning, you know, why is this it? Is this, is this all that life has to offer me? And, um, also, I feel like mine was also very much a spiritual journey, too, that maybe started there. Um, just questioning. A lot of questioning happened, like, around my late, uh, mid-20s. Started questioning a lot of things. I started I started questioning things I had believed in. Um, I started questioning things I was raised to know as truth. I started questioning my religion. That It really started with that. And as I questioned that institution, I began to question other institutions and I began to question myself. And once you start questioning, I feel like it's just this, this beautiful, yes, yes. You know, you just, you're like, oh my gosh, like, do I believe that? Or was I just taught to believe that? And what, okay, well, let's dig into that because I want to actually know if I do believe it. So let's break it all down. So I literally, the questioning just snowballed out of control. It kind of got out of control for a while. It was fun though. It was a fun breaking down process of everything I had ever believed, but you, I kind of had to tear it all down and um, start from scratch of like, what does my soul resonate with? Let's go that way. And then, okay, you made the wrong, you made the wrong choice. All right, let's, what is my soul? Let's, let's go this way. Okay. That feels really good. Let's stay, let's stay somewhere around this, this range, you know, and then you just keep it, kept making decisions throughout life. And, um, reading a lot of books, 
listening to a lot of podcasts, filling myself with information that wasn't necessarily in the bubble I'd been raised to like listen to information or the information I was raised to, you know, like the standard. Yeah. Yeah. Start branching out. I started branching out and hearing other people's ideas um, that weren't just from designated books that were taught in my home. I think that period of of questioning and just starting to to ask why, why do I do this? Why did my parents do this? Where did this come from? And regardless of what your childhood looked like, because I, I know there's people who say, well, I had a great childhood, but are starting to understand why some of the choices their parents made or the ways that they raised them like impact them today. And like just kind of that whole awakening to refiguring out who you are in this adult mind and adult body and then what you actually want. Yeah, definitely an awakening for sure. Yeah, and yeah. Constantly having those. I mean, mine might have started out as kind of more of a spiritual awakening, but then there's been so many awakenings as to, you know, like my mental health and my emotional health and who mm-hmm. I am and my relationship and awakening within that. And um, I mean, I don't think we ever stop waking up, really. <laughs> yeah, I love that you bring up your relationship because I know one thing that comes up often with women I work with who are kind of. Uh, it, it's in Jen Sincero's book. She talks about waking up from the big snooze of like that autopilot and starting to have those realizations and starting to ask questions and figuring out what you really want. And I guess you would say like navigating a personal growth journey and whatever that looks like, whether it's rooted in spirituality or in career or in identity. And so these women are on these trajectories themselves, but then are having a hard time having conversations with their spouse who aren't quite ready for that yet. So what did that dynamic look like as you started to ask the questions and you started to grow and change? Was Bronson right alongside with you or did one come before the other? And like, how have you navigated through that together? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's, that's a good question. Honestly, my husband was more of the questioner early on. Um, He is older than me. He's like four years older. Not that that has anything to do with it. I don't think age really matters when it comes to this journey, but um, he definitely was questioning things a lot sooner than me, especially in terms of religion. He was spending a lot of time in the tractor. We had just moved to the farm. We had just had our two two kids. We were very newlyweds, you know, with our two little babies. And he spent a lot of time on the tractor listening to podcasts and just kind of um, questioning a lot of things. And he would come in after hard day's work and we would talk and he would start telling me these things that I was like, dude, are you, you're going off the, you know, the devil's got you, dude, you are going off the wrong path. Like this is not good. And I called him out. I, I was very, um, I was very triggered by the things he was, he was saying felt very foreign and like fearful, scary, scary uncomfortable. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is what you're saying is not good. This isn't good. And I, I immediately was triggered and I reacted. And mm-hmm. so immediately he knew, okay, for one, this is not a safe place for me to express what my, my feelings right now. So I wasn't a safe place for him in that time. So he shut down. He didn't express any more about his journey of growth. We kind of put an end to it. I didn't want to hear about it. And he knew I didn't want to because I was Mm. reactive to it. Um, So for the next two years, he just went on his journey by himself, silently, silently by himself, just researching and doing his own, just kind of doing it himself in his, in his mind and in his own way without me because I wasn't ready. I wasn't there. And there's no, you cannot change people. You cannot. Two years later, I read an article on Facebook that came up and um, it blew my mind. Two years later, I read an article, blew my mind um, about some things. I started diving into some things that I, I had a lot of questions about and started questioning. And from as soon as I was ready, 
I came to him and I was like, did you know this? And I showed him the article and we talked about it. And he was like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting to talk to you about these truths and these things. And, and from there, we've just been like, oh my gosh, you're, you're here too. You're questioning too. And then we were finally in sync, but it took two years of patience from that guy. And, um, I think that's important to note. like just, I think Bronson set a really good example for me in that. Like he brought it up he noticed I wasn't ready. And instead of pushing it and forcing me to, to go down his path with him, he let me be me. He let me discover it on my own. He let me discover and wake up from the big snooze. You know, yeah. there's the big dream we're in on my own. And it really is a personal journey. You mm-hmm. cannot force anyone down it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of sad. And, and it's hard in a marriage when you can't force someone to do it. But I, I promise you your example and mm-hmm. you finding freedom in your life, that alone will start to spiral maybe some curiosity from your spouse. I, it will. Um, I know the saying, hurt people hurt people, right? Have you heard that before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really truly believe that goes for any direction. That goes for anything. Like, for example, free people, free people. Mm-hmm. Um, kind people. You know, like, it's just it's a snowball, whatever you are and whatever you're becoming, you're attracting that into your life and you're bringing that energy. So Bronson seeking for freedom and truth was in kind of causing me to stir up a little things inside of me that I didn't even realize until that moment was right for me. But I love that you said like you had to, it had to be your choice and it had to be when the moment was right for you. And that's very much kind of the inverse of you know, just Andrew and I personally, as I started this personal growth journey when I was six months postpartum, still working at the Y, I, you know, it really started as a health and wellness and a, a fitness thing. And then that led to understanding personal growth and goal setting, which, and then like you said, it's like a snowball. Like once you start that journey of self-discovery and understanding who you are and what your intentions are and why you do the things that you do and how you do that. And then you just start opening up your mind to more ideas and possibilities and, and all of that. And for years, Andrew was like, okay, that's cool. That's your thing. Like, you do you, girl. Yeah. Right. Like, whatever. But the the tricky situation is when one person is expanding and growing so much and the other is not, there can be feelings of that fear and that resentment. And like, are you going to outgrow me? Or am I going to outgrow you? I know I see that in, in a lot of dynamics. And so the person who's growing oftentimes really wants to bring the other one along. But like you said, you can't force a personal a personal growth journey on anyone else. So I give that that same advice of like, you have to be on your own journey and radiate it in such a way that like, it inspires someone to find their own. And it wasn't until, gosh, about this time last year, like Andrew sent me a message and he was like, I get it. And I want in, where do I start? I'm like, well, there's not really a 10 step program to personal (laughs) growth. Like here's some podcasts I like. And I think these books are who I normally recommend to people who are diving in. But Ultimately, I can't give you a checklist to like get to where I'm at because you need to get to where you want to go. So I love that that you shared that, that he was the first one. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. He started it. And man, I sure shut him down. I did not like that because it does. It feels really threatening. Also, when you're in your marriage, it feels threatening to your marriage. You're like, well, wait, where, where are you going? Like, Mm-hmm. don't like stay here with me, Come but back. we're uncomfortable. Like it feels so good here. And what are you doing? Thinking safe. Thoughts. Yeah. Like don't think those thoughts, like stay in my comfortable thoughts and my comfortable little bubble mm-hmm. I'm in. It feels so good, mm-hmm. but does it really? <laughs> I, I think that's a great question. 
<laughs> I think that's such a good thing. It's like what we know is safe, but it doesn't always mean it's where we're meant to thrive. This is Alita. Thanks for listening to Mommy Podcast. If you like today's episode, we feel free. And then the children will tell you about our dosa. Thank you very much. You heard the girl. If you're loving today's episode, we would so appreciate if you leave us a review, share on social, or send it to a friend. And there's a lot of people, though, um, being on this journey. There's a lot of people that um, they're just like, well, why? Why are you guys on this growth journey? Like, mm-hmm. They're like, honestly, some people have straight up said, I'm, I like being comfortable. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being comfortable. And I want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's that's that's a path too. Like, I don't, I also don't think there's like a hierarchy to this, the way like life, I don't think there mm-hmm. is. I just think there's ways, like there's just paths. All roads lead to Rome. Like it's, so if maybe your spouse, maybe you're struggling with your spouse and you're on this, you're on this massive growth journey and there's so much questions and information and there's so much you want to do and learn and learn about yourself and deep dive into your soul and all these things, but they're just really comfortable watching Real Housewives and um, drinking wine, like I mean, there's nothing wrong with their path either, and it and it shouldn't be like this judgmental thing either. But mm-hmm. honestly, like you said, you use the word radiate, mm-hmm. and I, I really think that's that's key. Like, just if if you're maybe in a relationship and you're listening to this podcast and you're in a relationship like that, honestly, just radiate your journey. That's all. That's honestly all you can do. Mm-hmm. And it, it might be lonely. In fact, it will be lonely. Yeah. There's going to be times where it will be lonely. Yeah. And that's where it's so important to find people who are maybe not on the same journey, but in parallel journeys, which exactly. is so many of the conversations that, you know, we had last year in our mastermind. It's just like, wow, like there's no one else in my life that's talking about these kinds of things. Like the number of times that we were just like, did we just solve all of the world's problems mm-hmm. in the last 10 minutes? That was incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's why I was so attracted to you, Emily. You do definitely radiate that in a really um, very expressive way. You're a very expressive person and you can't help but radiate. Like that's just part of your personality. Um, Like it comes out just naturally. Like a lot of people have to kind of work on expressive, on expressing and work on, work on that. Like it's not something that just naturally comes, but you definitely did. Like you caught my eye the minute you got on Instagram and I was like, who's this chick? What's she doing? She's got these habits. What habits? I'm like taking notes on all your videos. And yeah, you just definitely radiate that. That's definitely a word that comes to mind with, with you and how I kind of was attracted to you on, on the Instagram platform. Cause there's a lot of people on Instagram. <laughs> so true. you sure radiated something. True. And I, I was intrigued. So yeah, your people are out there. You might have to look for them on places you might never have thought though, like social media. Isn't that so funny? Because around the time that I was starting and really talking about habits and my health journey and stuff like that, that's when you were using Instagram for like health coaching, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did nutrition coaching for a while. I was, I did bodybuilding and uh, I've had some interesting goals in my life. It's funny how it's funny how that seems like so long ago and like not even something I resonate anymore with anymore. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Like at, at one point bodybuilding and like muscle mass and macros was such a part of my life. Like I gave it like a solid five years and um, now I'm just like, huh, I'm in a totally different mindset now. <laughs> like yeah, 
it's so interesting. Like we're not this, I hope, I hope in five years from now, I'm not the same person I am talking to you, Emily. Like I hope we are having a completely different conversation five years from now too. But I think that's also good to like, not, it's another thing about that's what, that's what this growth journey is. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the same person I was five years ago. Right. Not to say that bodybuilding and macros is bad. Like I loved it. It was a beautiful part of my life. I learned a ton. I love it. I might go back to it in the future. I don't know. It's just not where I am right now, but that's growth and it's fun because you're not stagnant. It's also like, maybe that was also a snooze. And you also have to remember that right now, your mindset you're in right now might just be another bubble you're in, another Mm -hmm. dream you've created. And so constantly remembering that there's always growth to be had. There's always expansion. You've, you've never capped out. You've never reached the limits. Like there is no limit to this. Yeah. I love that because how often do we work so hard for something like a goal, like becoming a teacher or whatever it looked like in nutrition coaching. And we like so wholeheartedly wrap our identity around it, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like to go all in on the things you're passionate and about and care so much about the things that you're doing. But then it can feel so unsettling and hard to let go of something that served us so well in a season. You know, like you said, there's nothing wrong with nutrition coaching and being interested in all that. That was part of your journey. But if you were still trying to hold so tightly onto that now, your passion for it would not be like it was five years ago. And you'd be ultimately like spinning out, making yourself miserable, trying to fit in a box that you outgrew. Right. I definitely did outgrow that. It was a funny journey. I I, I had been I had been educated on nutrition based on a bodybuilding perspective. So it's very like high protein and very low calories. So as many ways as you can get sugar-free that and sugar-free that and zero calorie this and chemicals that and and but in the time like it worked, I did a bodybuilding competition. I placed second place in Houston. It was fun. It was great. Woo! It was a fun experience. I, I definitely wouldn't say it's a healthy experience <laughs> But at the time it was it was a goal and it was fun. And I think goals are great no matter what they I learned a lot from it in good and bad ways. But then I remember I was nutrition coaching for about a year and a half, almost two years. And um, I don't know, I think it was from being on the farm and just being really in tune with nature. I had this realization, like just this download. I like to call them downloads. Like, Mm. I don't know where they come from, source, God, your soul. I don't know. But I had this download that why am I feeding my clients chemicals, girl? And yeah. as soon as I had that thought, I was like, oh no, oh my gosh, what what's going on? I started doing research. I started kind of diving down this other path of expansion, mm-hmm. which was just like whole foods. And let's focus on like getting healthy. Like what is health? Yeah. What is health? It's what not is what health? Yeah. in the bodybuilding world. What is it now? And so like I said before, it's just, there's so many waking up moments that I just keep happening. And, um, I, I love it. I don't know. You still, do you feel that way? Like constantly or like still having those moments of waking up is. Oh yeah. And that's where I was just having a conversation with, with someone yesterday. It's like, I am not even sure what content I want to be sharing on social media right now, um, which is fine. Same. That's just not the priority. It's just not the priority in my life. Like I'm focused on the podcast. I have these masterminds. I have these coaching clients and I'm sleeping because I'm growing this human that's sucking my soul. But Over the past six or seven months, especially from like the time I started therapy to now, like my mindset and my worldview and my understanding has shifted compared to even 
what I was thinking about a year ago. And not to say that I'm an entirely different person because so much of the hallmarks of it are true. But like you said, the more information that we take in, the more conversations that we have, like that alters the way that we process and the way that we think and the way that we want to inspire. So I feel like I'm in a moment right now where my brain's just trying to reconfigure like what is the message? What is what does this next evolution look like based on this very pivotal season that we've just been through? So I for sure feel like that. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating to feel like that because you kind of want I, I love clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that way? Like, do you oh yeah? Do you, are, do you like it? I think I've come to be okay with it more than I have before. I think previous versions of myself like needed to know the answer, needed to have it figured out because I'm an Enneagram three, like, right. I want the gold star. I want to do whatever I'm doing the very best I possibly can. And I can't do that if I don't have a clearly defined, you know, path or solution. But I've recognized, especially along this entrepreneurial journey is that there are some times where everything feels very clear and you just it just all falls into place. And there are some times that are equally as important where you just need to process and you need to do the things that you need to do and also let your brain sort things out. And both are equally valid and both are equally productive. Like my whole definition of what productivity looks like has changed over the past year and a half. And just redefining that like enoughness and what kind of blend or balance I want in my life And what kind of goals I do want to be working towards. Because I'm with you. like, And I know we've talked about this before. Just like how innately driven we are as humans for purpose. And how goals can align us to what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, feel really good along the way. But I've recorded some episodes recently about this. Is like, are your goals really aligned with the life that you want to live? And that takes a lot of reflection to step back and be like, am I working towards this goal because it sounds good or because someone else is doing it or because I feel like I'm when I do this, then I'll be happy. When I do this, then I'll be successful. When I do this, then I'll be enough. And now that so much of my identity has been redefined outside of these external pieces of what I do, now I I don't want to say I'm struggling, but I'm just reconfiguring, okay, what does that mean and the message that I convey? And how do I like articulate that into digestible content that helps people? That's hard too. <laughs> like, how do I take yeah. all of this and yeah. it to like, uh, just like in the most simple and concise way to make it make sense? Because there's right. so much going right. on. Well, when you've, when you've gone through such expansive growth in your own mind, it's hard to even put into words what you understand now or what yeah. you've been through. Oh, that's a skill. It's like, yeah. it's like, how do I, how do I bestow upon you like seven <laughs> months of like really hard internal reconfiguration in a way that like helps you walk alongside your own journey? Yeah. I still haven't figured that out too well. Wait, I don't know. I don't know. Listen to the podcast where I can word vomit it. <laughs> hey, that helps me too, actually. Like talking about it really helps me get my mind clear on things. And I'm like, Oh, that sounded really good. What I just said right there. I love that. Okay. I'm going to love that. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Me too. That's why those masterminds you do are really good. Cause you get, you get to talk through your thoughts and with people. I think that's really helpful mm-hmm. for a lot of people. I think it's really helpful for me, especially. Mm, I, I agree. <laughs> that's why I do them. It's incredible. And so much of like what I've come to understand is hearing 
like the very real life struggles and concerns and realities of what people are experiencing and the misalignment that comes with these arbitrary expectations or rules or goals that we set on ourselves that aren't really grounded in, like I said, what we actually want. But that doesn't come until we start asking the questions. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I actually want it or because that's all I know? Or that's what my parents did, or that's what, you know, I think especially in agriculture and intergenerational farming, this comes up. I was just going to say that this ag world, I, I, I struggle looking at, looking at some of these, my friends and people in this world, because so much of ag is so old school and it is so generational. And we're just carrying this generational story Mm -hmm. and doing the same things because that's what's been done. And it's the generational home and the generational we're living, like I'm living in my great Bronson's great grandpa's house, you know, and it's just all these old stories and tales that we we're just living because that's what's expected and mm-hmm. not even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's another industry that's, that's so um, rooted in that. I would say there's likely other family businesses that mirror that. But if looking at like an entire demographic or industry as a whole, yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard. It's it was hard. even like, well, you grew up military. Military has its own like set of rules and expectations, but it's not we're in great grandpa's house, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. And I think that's like having the audacity to consider like, okay, what do we as a family want? Is it the no days off mentality? Is it like your worth is defined by the hours you put in in a day? Is it growing? Is it more? Is it this? Is it that? And not that there's anything perhaps wrong with those things, but if you don't take a step back to consider what kind of reality you and your family want to create, then it's just really easy to fall into the traps and systems that someone else decided for you. Oh yeah, that that's right there for you. You'll you'll get right into that one. I mean. That's there on the that's there on the table. Society will you'll get stuck right in the hamster wheel of life if you don't start making decisions for yourself. And then you're gonna be like, oh, why do I not feel fulfilled? What am I doing? Like, where am I? Oh my gosh, do I even like this life I'm in? Because mm-hmm. life will just life will take you mm-hmm. without your without any without any thought. Like you're just it'll it'll push you along the way, you know, whether you have a choice or say in it or not. And um, you've got to take control of that. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. I asked my therapist once, I said, are less self-aware people happier? Because I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> and she said, yes, but not in the ways that matter. She was like, so she fear- they are happier? No, listen, hear me out. Okay. Like there's something to be said for ignorance is bliss, right? If you're just like going through yeah. life, la-di-da, like you don't know any different, you don't ask any questions, you just do it, la-di-da. Life is great. But she was like, that pent up feeling of unsettledness comes out in other ways that are often harmful to other people or personally. So there's not necessarily that awareness of unhappiness, but it's there somewhere. And she's like, and then those are the people at the end of life that look back finally after they take the time to reflect and have a life with significantly more regret than someone who's like in the thick of trying to figure it out along the way. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah. And I'm one that I'm, I'm going to suck life dry. (laughs) At least I hope so. I hope so. Cause man, I, I mean, I look in the mirror now and I've got, I've got wrinkles, like age is, age is coming. Like time goes fast, Mm -hmm. Emily. Like it Mm -hmm. kind of, it's, you know, 
why not just be you like to the fullest mm-hmm. of your capacity? Cause this life isn't really relatively that long. Why live for your great, great grandpa? He's not, he's not around. Like yeah. <laughs> start living or for what your neighbor thinks or the oh, expectations yeah. of your small town or what everyone else is doing or what your best yeah. friend says or what your mom says. Yeah. It's- but that's hard. And I know that's a journey that you guys have been on as you have started to live more authentically as yourself in a community where that is not the norm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been pretty, pretty brutal, but obviously it's been worth it because we're still going and I'm feeling happier and freer every day. So, you know, I know to think about something like that, like for example, let's just paint a picture since, since you brought this up, but I, I kind of mentioned it briefly, but this colony, it's called a colony. It's just really a community, a neighborhood. Let's say a neighborhood in English. That's probably a better translation, but this is a neighborhood of American colonists kind of created this. So there's a, it's an American community. Um, Everyone speaks English. Um, There's a lot of, everyone's American. Okay. So they're white, they speak English and they're rooted and based on the one fundamental value, which is the Mormon religion that brought them here and that sustained them and that has created this community. And so that is like the that is like the foundation of what this community is rooted on and why this community even exists is because of this religion. And so um I mean and this is like it's a very small community because we're in Mexico. So it's this this little neighborhood of white of white Americans that um my you know my boys were friends with like it's just it's very tight knit, extremely tight knit. Because we also kind of have to depend on each other because we're the only, you know, we have to have our back. Like we're the only ones like us around here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so as we're going to church and raising our kids and, but we're questioning things, it's like, well, where am I going to go? Like what, what else is there? Like what, what other community is there? What else? the minute we decided to start questioning kind of a lot of things and we actually ended up taking our names off the record of the LDS church, um, which was kind of a process. You have to get a lawyer involved and there's a lot of legalities with it, which is interesting. As soon as we did that, it caused a huge stir in this community. Massive. In fact, our, my boys were kicked out of the only, the, the community school, which I taught at for mm-hmm. six years. And I was on the school board for, you know, three, four years so it's this only school I know and love. It's literally right across the street. I can see it right now from my window. Um, they weren't allowed to go back to that mm. school. And it's, you know, one of the, it's, it's the best private school in this area. They speak English. All their friends went there. It's the only American run school here. That was really hard. It was brutal among many other things. I mean, mm-hmm. so many other things. I won't go into, but getting kicked out of a community and getting shunned and not only you getting shunned, because I, I can take it like I'll take it. Bronson will take it. Those were our decisions. And we know the path we're on and we know the freedom that's on the other side. And we know what this journey we're adults, so we can kind of all handle it. But to then have your kids be mm-hmm. kind of shunned by your decisions, it was really, really hard. But we kept going because we knew there was something beautiful on the other side of growth and on the other side of this. And, um, and it was freedom. And I think living fully free is so, I mean, that's, that's where, that's where love and beauty and connection to life truly lies. 
And so that has been incredible. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, I remember how sad that was and how depressed I felt. But now I'm in this place where I don't, I don't have to worry about nasty gossiping WhatsApp group chats anymore. And I've, I've completely cut out so many things that I now realize looking back were so toxic, so Mm -hmm. toxic, so terrible living for other people's opinions and perspectives and being friends, quote unquote, with people that I didn't even really enjoy being around, but it was just my community. So I had to, we have cut out so many people and things in our life. And it has been so rewarding. Our circle is tiny. Our circle is small now, Um, but I'm creating things I want to be creating. I'm doing things with my time and my life that I want to be doing. And Mm -hmm. you start cutting things out. You start, then you start having so much more time to create what you want to create and do what you want to do. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to cut things out of your life and people and relationships and hobbies that maybe don't resonate. Like start saying no. Start saying no to things and you'll realize there's a lot going on in, inside that needs a lot of attention. And there's a lot of creative power and energy inside that's yearning and wanting and, and crying to be heard. If you can just shut out all the noise and really just get clear on who you are and what you want. Mm-hmm. Love that. All right. Well, Lou, if people want to get connected to you, where can they find you? What are you up to? What's the best way to um, get in touch with you? Honestly, Instagram's my place. That's my jam. So send me a DM, send me a, send me a video message, send me a voice message. I'm, I'm all over the DMs. So Lou Bluth, um, me and my husband have some podcasts. If you want to get to know us a little bit better, um, I have a retreat coming up if you want to come to that. Um, but yeah, hit me up on Instagram. I love, I love chatting. And where can we follow the brand? Because that is a fascinating journey. Although I don't understand 50% of what you guys share. Ah, uh, yeah, it's kind of Spanglish, Spanish. Most of our phrases are very. People are like, "What does that even mean?" Oh, like, um, <laughs> we need. I need to maybe explain that one time. Um, but yeah, you can follow us the brand at, at El Vikingo Brand. Um, and there's a lot. There's a lot of. That's kind of going to be expanding too within this year. So if you want to follow along and see how how that kind of evolves over this year, it's going to be a really fun journey too. So at El Vikingo Brand. It has been very cool to watch not only the brand grow, but watch you grow into it over the past year. I mean, it was like a year ago now that that really started to seem like it was about to take off. And then it was like just one thing after the other. And I know the ways that you have had to evolve and level up into that has been very cool to watch. So really proud yeah, of you. I kind of had to grow, grow into it and find my place in it. And I feel like I'm finally there. I remember being in kind of a hard place with that and being like, Oh, where do I fit in in this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I found it and it's, it's really fun. It's been really yeah. fun. Yeah. Which I think is um, not to go on a whole nother tangent, but just, which is not dissimilar to how I think a lot of us feel moving back to the farm is like, how do I fit in this thing? My husband has created, what's my role in this? Like I want it to be mine too, but you know, it isn't, kind but, it's of, not. <laughs> but it kind of is now. And I feel like I, there's some parallels between that and you being like, how do I support my husband in this like crazy thing and also find who I am in it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it honestly, it's been hard. It's been about a year of like, oh, I don't, I, my soul's not in this, you know? And then um, honestly just hiring an incredible team and, and uh, seeing like where it's going to go. And we're kind of getting in the place where 
the buildup is happening and there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces as it's finally moving in the direction I want it to be going where I feel connected, but, um, it, it takes, it takes time. It takes time. It's taken time. So cool. Well, thank you for joining me today yes. we could talk for hours. I would love to, but I'm grateful to know you because like you said, heal people, heal people. And I just feel like you have your own special radiant energy that brings people towards you and encourages them to forge their own path and ask their own questions and and figure out who they really are. It makes sense for them. So thank you for being that person for me and for so many other people. Thank you, Emily. You've definitely been that for me as well. And that's, that's why we're here. Love you, girl. Thank you. Love you too. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.